Can learning transform your life? This is Impact Learning with Maria Zinedou, a podcast where you will hear personal stories about how we learn, work, and live in the connection economy. Together with her guests, she will teach you to design your learning journey and create the life you want. On today's episode... But what I would really love to do is, you know, I have everyone in my little domino network has like being friends with authors and artists and musicians and people who haven't gotten into the audio space yet and haven't gotten into podcasting. So what I really want to do and what you mentioned before is like bringing those opportunities is kind of like bringing those voices into podcasting and and developing shows around some of these people. So as long as that's happening, then yeah, everything would be great. Hey, it's Maria, and you are listening to Impact Learning. Hey, everyone. I have uh, the pleasure today to uh, welcome to the show a very special person to me and a very good friend. It's Alex Di Palma. So welcome, Alex. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your show. I just want to uh, share with our listeners how we met. So mm-hmm. it was uh, last summer. That-, that was it. It feels like we've known each other for years, like we've been working together for years. Yes. And you know how they say all good things happen in three. So here are the three things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, you started, you co-created with Seth Godin, the podcasting fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I decided to join, although at the time I didn't know that I was, uh, I wanted to be a podcast host. I wanted to create a podcast, but here I am today. Here is the podcast that started from the place that you and Seth created, and I'm so grateful. So proud of you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then the other two things. And then, uh, of course, you invited me to come back and uh, be a a coach and help other students also create podcasts, and I'm so honored and so happy to be a coach. And the third thing, you also trained the producer of the Impact Learning. She also started, you know, learning podcasting and uh, creating podcasts and producing Mm -hmm. on the show. So three things. That's so amazing. I can't believe that. Yes. (laughs) So it's so crazy. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's just so amazing to see these things actually work. You know, it's like so cool to watch everyone actually build these skills and start using them and really thriving and having fun and really doing it. I love that you guys are working together. I know, and it's uh, it's really we're having a lot of fun. We're experimenting. We're trying things out, and it's a yeah. really great time. But it's being part of the same journey. I think mm-hmm. makes everything easier. It's like mm-hmm. we talk the same language. We've been through the same things, so it's so much easier for us to work together. Right. It must be. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious because actually I don't know. Yeah. Where where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Brantford, Connecticut. It's right outside of New Haven, like two hours from the city. It's kind of small town, suburban Connecticut. It was pretty regular. It was cute, though. What was your favorite thing growing up? And did you know that you wanted to do one thing or the other? No idea. My favorite thing growing up is still my favorite thing now is being on the beach (laughs) and being in the water. My grandparents had a really old cottage that they got a long time ago that was on the beach and we just spent a lot of time there with my family and with a lot of kids in that neighborhood who had grown up there too like with parents friends grandparents being friends so it was kind of like a big family thing and we would just spend I just remember that was my favorite thing from childhood is just kind of like waking up in the morning and 
going into the water and staying there until the night. And that's still my favorite thing to do now. I mean, even up until I graduated from college and I was trying to figure out what grad school to go to, whether it was going to be getting a master's in English. I studied English in college and I ultimately decided journalism. And even when I was in journalism school, I didn't know quite what I wanted to do while I was there. Um, And I randomly took a radio class. I had a professor who said that I had a nice voice for radio and I ended up randomly taking a radio class and that was really kind of what stuck. And so ever since then, I've been working in audio. My first job was much different than what I do now. It was at a public radio station in Minnesota. And it was very, it was definitely like hard news, you know, it was a daily news program and I was producing segments and booking guests and it was three hours of live radio every day. Um, And it was, it was definitely, there was room for arts and culture. We interviewed a lot of authors, which I loved and I was able to interview musicians and stuff, but a lot of it was really following the news. And I mean, I'm so glad that I don't do that nowadays, but I know how important that it is. And I'm so grateful for journalists who do do that. But um following the news these days is is really hard, even harder than it was then. So yeah, it's it was it's definitely um, a little different than what I started out doing, but it was it was mainly journalism and radio. And what was the favorite thing you enjoyed the most in this job? I think it was the the favorite thing was being able to work with these guests that we would have on the show, work with the interviewees and and basically I loved like figuring out a topic for the day of the show. Well, we would have multiple topics because as I said it was 3 hours long. But I loved kind of coming up with the concept of what we were going to cover on the show during a given segment and then being able to pick what guests we were going to talk to and who was going to kind of address that subject and then being able to research their work, talk to them and just kind of get connected with these people and learn from them. How many years did you do this work? I did that for about two and a half or three years. I actually just the other night met up with my, this was how long ago? I mean, 2010, 2011. And I just met up with my boss from that job who is definitely like a mentor figure um, and who still works at Minnesota Public Radio. But yeah, that was about two and a half or three years. Okay. And while you were in the middle of doing this work, Mm -hmm. did you start thinking that you wanted to do something else? How did the Mm -hmm. next thing come about? I was working in Minnesota. The weather was terrible. I, As I said, my favorite thing is to be on the beach. You can't be on the beach that much in Minnesota. I mean, it's nice for a couple months. But funny enough, there was somebody who had previously worked at the station who had moved down to Miami to help launch a new TV network. And I knew that I wanted to leave Minnesota in the very near future. And I got in touch with this woman who was working in Miami at this TV station and got a job with her doing working in TV. So that was kind of the next thing after that. And you said you got in touch. So what did you do? Did you call her? How did you reach out to her? I think I had somebody who I worked with connect me via email. You know, it was um, it was, you know, like it's definitely I, I was learning at that time. As I said, I was younger, but. I now know how much timing is everything, not just with career stuff, certainly with everything, relationships, a lot of different things. But um, it was one of those things like great timing. This woman, after I got connected with her, she was, you know, when it's like when people are in the hiring process of they're just building up, they need to hire a ton of people. They needed young people to move to Miami. So it was not that rigorous of a process. It was kind of just like we had a few interviews and then she was like, you you know, you're hired. Come down to Miami. So you moved to Miami. Mm hmm. What type of work did you do there and how long did you stay with that? 
I was doing segment producing for a morning show. So I was basically booking guests and producing segments for television rather than radio for a new morning show that we had that was geared towards Latinx millennials. That was how it originally started. So it was basically people who had Latinx heritage but weren't necessarily Spanish speakers. So it was an English network that was started by ABC, Disney, and Univision. Um, So I was producing segments for them. And I did that for probably two and a half, three years also. I mean, I think it's maybe it's a millennial thing, staying in jobs for like two and a half, three years, and then kind of switching and moving on. But um, yeah, I was there for for three years. And what's the big takeaway? Like the thing that you remember when you look at this uh, work that you did? Right. Yeah, the big takeaway was, honestly, I'm I'm really grateful for that because... That's what made me realize I wanted to get back into audio. I think it was probably mm-hmm. a factor of I it's easy. Well, for everyone, it's easier to do things that you're good at. I wasn't so good at cutting video and editing video. I had already learned. I had already been working in in radio for a long time and working in television. And probably it was a combination of the fact that I didn't know it as well and that I had missed working in audio and that kind of storytelling. That was kind of a moment, as you were asking before, like, did you ever know really what you wanted to do? At that point, I was kind of like floating a little bit, you know, like floating Mm -hmm. from thing to thing, Minnesota, Miami. And that time in television made me realize that I really loved working in in audio. After Fusion, that's when I started working in podcasts again. And it it had been, well, it was actually, that's an interesting time because, you know, I was working in radio and then during that time in radio and the time I was at Fusion, once I was out of that, it was, is when the podcast thing happened. And I think people in the podcast industry would recognize, you know, Serial as that moment, as the moment where like podcasting really took off. So it kind of went from being working in public radio to being a podcaster. So that was that was after working in television what happened. Okay. And what year is that now? When, when are we talking about? 2014, I guess. Okay. Okay. 2015, yeah. Okay. And when we were thinking about podcasting and all, you know, the audio related things you uh-huh. could be doing again. Right. Uh, what ideas did you have? What what things would you like to be involved and start doing? Right. I mean, it was it was such a new um like media landscape at that point and it still more or less is. It's obviously more developed now. And so at that point, I was applying to podcasting jobs at bigger podcast companies. And I ended up getting one at a company called Midroll, which is now Stitcher. And at that point, I just wanted to like refamiliarize myself. And, and as I said, get my foot back in the door and kind of get involved with this community because it's really a very small community. The, the, fo- the podcast fellowship is, is making it a lot bigger. We have a lot of students, but um, it's really, I mean, it's crazy when I live in Brooklyn and there's just, it's just such a small world compared to other media industries like TV or film or, you know, anything like that. So the goal was just to reintegrate myself into that world. And it, it worked. I mean, after a couple of years, you know, as you know, I, I quit my full-time job and started my own company very recently. So that, I, it, I, I wouldn't say that when I left television, the plan was to have my own podcasting company within two or three years, but that's kind of how it worked out. I wouldn't have foreseen it, but it's, it's actually way better than I would have foreseen. What was the defining moment for you during like, now you're doing more in the podcasting you know, uh-huh. world? Right. What is the defining moment or defining person mm-hmm. that started opening up opportunities and making you think of, I guess, other things and ideas you could pursue? When did right. this happen? I would say, so when I was working at Midroll, that was a great job. I mean, I, I did learned a lot of audio editing. I made a lot of connections. But during that time, I was also spending a lot of 
time and effort trying to get into some freelancing projects, uh, projects that I guess you could say would be more like passion projects or personal projects. Um, and I, there's something, there's something called like, I think it's called like NYC public radio. It's still called public radio. This is an old Google group. It's like a listserv. So you can kind of add your friends or join it. If you're somebody working in audio or radio based in New York city, I think there's people based all over the world in this group. Now there's thousands of people in it, but it's basically a forum in which people working in audio can post gigs. They can post questions. They can post, you know, if you're looking for a studio in Arizona or London, you can say, does anyone have any studio recommendations? And a big part of that is, as I mentioned, is gigs. So I was every day, I still do, every day I check that radio listserv just to see what's kind of going on. And right when I had left my television job and I, I had been at Midroll for probably a few months, I saw a posting. It was a new podcast looking for a producer. And it was for queer writers who were developing a show called Food for Thought. And I basically, I mean, it was something they had said right up, right up front in the posting. We're just getting started. We're doing this all on our own. We're going to be paying for studio time. We're not going to be paying our producer, but it's going to be fun. And we're all going to learn a lot together. And at that point, that was, you know, you know how things change. That was a point I would never now take a job or take a gig that wasn't paid. But at that time, timing, you know, it was, it was something that I was really excited to do. And I started producing that show. And that's really when that just worked so well. We really built a community and then we had a pretty, it, it, it was, it's a niche show. It's, it's definitely niche and probably three ish years ago when we started it, there weren't a lot of queer LGBTQ podcasts out there. So that was one of the first ones. And once we started building that fan base and kind of getting all this engagement with our fans and realizing that this content was really resonating with people, I mean, that's probably when I, I think that's when the decision, you know, that was, that was a turning point. And it real, like yeah. realizing that being part of telling these stories and kind of putting this content out there can make a difference for people. I mean, we get emails from people every single day, multiple emails, you know, people in the Midwest, people all over the world saying like, I live in a place that's not gay friendly at all. And I turn on your podcast and I feel like I'm at brunch with all my best friends. And it's like, makes me feel like I'm normal. It makes me feel like I'm hanging out with friends. So like getting that kind of um, yeah. feedback from listeners was really powerful. And that was that was definitely a turning point. Mm -hmm. And was it the first time you were working with others, like in terms of a team producing all that? Or was that something you had experienced before? I had worked with others on different shows, but it was those shows were more for my for my job. You know, it was like okay. there were there were definitely fun shows that I worked on, but it was um it was not so much like a ha that vibe of like a passion project. You know what I mean? So I <laughs> definitely enjoy working in teams, but this was the first time it was working with like friends rather than being like yeah. assigned people to work with, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, mm. It's a choice. Yeah, of course, the mm -hmm. choice that, you know, we got, and it's more fun. It's, mm -hmm. you know, we exactly. are experimenting, we are playing, we are, you know, it's basically, it's a, it's a fun project. You are fun a project. We recorded every, every Wednesday from like 8 to 10 p.m. We would have Rosé in the studio. It, it was not work. It was, that was always like a night out, you know? So yeah, it was fun. Beautiful. I like it. I like it. Okay. And what was next? What was the next podcasting project? Well, the next turning point really around that same time was when, and with the ex the exception of what I was talking about, a lot of the projects I had through work were, while they were great and while I learned a lot, it was kind of, you know, you're assigned to this project. At one point, I was so fortunate to be connected with Seth Godin for a project via my job at the time. And, you know, that started out with something. I, I just got in touch with Seth. I was essentially assigned to produce his podcast. And we had one quick planning meeting. 
and we just like really hit it off. He, he, I mean, obviously it goes without saying he's one of the most amazing people in the world, but meeting him and becoming more familiar with his work and honestly, just like being inspired by, he says it all, his posture, you know what I mean? Just the way he is, the way he kind of moves through the world, the way he handles things was really inspirational and very, I, I learned so much in such a short time by working with him. And then, you know, the opportunities that he's helped me accomplish. So like the opportunities that he gave me subsequently, including the podcast fellowship have been probably in addition to the food for thought turning point have been the biggest turning point in my whole, you know, career learning development process. You said two things that are, yeah. they are very distinct. I think and very, and I see them consistently when people talk about taking a leap or starting thinking about, you know, creating a new version of mm -hmm. their future. So you said, you know, that you learned a lot of things very fast working with Seth, which also through my own experience, I have, you know, right. and, and I have not worked, you know, in a close way that you have, but right. I have seen that it's like the sprint type of idea. You know, you are learning and doing work and it's like, it's a momentum forward. It never stops. Never stops. And then you said that he also gave you opportunities right. Right. that you didn't. So these two things, you know, what I call the fast learning, the sprint type of thing and the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Usually, you know, both of these things happen and usually there is a person, there's a distinct person that creates that for us. Right. That, you know, it's timing and everything you said, Alex, very well. You know, this this can happen and also this cannot happen sometimes, right? So right. you cannot predict it. Okay. Yeah. So how long were you working with Seth producing Akimbo, which by the mm -hmm. way, you know, we all love. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. When did you start thinking of, okay, here's an idea about the podcasting fellowship. Tell right. us a little bit more about that. I think Seth and I had been working together for probably, okay, let's say a couple months. Let's say at least six months we had been working together on Akimbo. And he approached me with this idea for a podcast fellowship. And he basically, as you guys know, the story of the podcast fellowship, it was a family friend who had asked Seth about, you know, what she should do for a summer internship. And she had mentioned that she really wanted to do work in podcasting or do a podcast, but her mom would not like that idea because there was no like framework within which to do that. There was no official internship. There was no fellowship that she could apply and be part of and get a certificate at the end. So Seth, I think that let's say that conversation with his family friend happened on a Wednesday afternoon. He called me right afterwards and said, do you want to create this thing with me? Basically, you'll run the whole thing. I'll be here to support you in any way that you need. I'll be part of the lessons as much as you'd like, and I'll put it on my blog, and we'll see who signs up. It was very much like, if 10 people sign up, we won't do it, but if 100 people sign up, let's do it, you know? That was a moment, when you're talking about fast learning, it was very much like, of course, I said yes immediately, you know, without even thinking. Obviously, the answer is yes. And then when I started thinking about, you know, essentially, I had produced many, many podcasts and I had worked in podcasting and, and I know how to do it, but I had never taught that before, ever. And I just remember sitting in front of my computer for like days on end, just being like, where do I even start? You know, like, what do I even start with putting together a curriculum? How will I build this? And this goes back to, what I said in the beginning, why it's so surreal and amazing to see you and your producer, Julie Roxanne, and, and just everyone who actually, like from that curriculum that I kind of just sat there and struggled with. And then ultimately, at, well, the story is, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there on the computer not typing anything, and Seth finally called me after a few days. He's so, he's so wise. He was like, I can tell that you're afraid. He's like, the fact that you haven't sent me anything yet, he's like, I know 
how much you care about this. He's like, I know you're not blowing this off. He's like, I'm sure you're just sitting there kind of wondering what to write and worried about shipping something and worrying that it's not perfect. And that's exactly what I like. Probably right when he called, I was in front of my little Google Doc trying to like fix things. And he was just like, send me what you have and we'll go from there. I sent him what I had as, as far as, you know, those 35 lessons that we have, the curriculum. And he was like, this is great. Keep going. Go, go, go. And then that was it. You know, it was just it's just a matter of and that is something that moment of like when he called me and said, don't worry about this being perfect. Like, let's just see what you have. That's that's a moment that, you know, again, transformative in the sense of like yeah. not worrying too much about things. Not that not that things shouldn't be good, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And things that and things evolve and you know trust the process and all that and everything and, and yeah and now that I see more and being also part of the coaching team and I see more things, it's like it's gonna work. Right, right. It, it will work. It will work. But you know what, Alex? We put a lot of I think we sometimes we are very hard on ourselves or we think about, you know, things becoming perfect or right. doing a lot of work and it's a good thing. It's I think it's a good thing because we are doing good work. Right. But when I looked at the curriculum and everything you had as as a student now mm-hmm. in the first one, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Wow, this is so well thought of. This mm. is amazing, this is exciting, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and our, yeah, I mean and it is, but from your side, from your eyes, and as you are developing that and you are creating because you are creating something new. Right. So there's no way you're going to feel like, okay, it's perfect. You're, exactly. You're, exactly. You're in the midst of, yeah, exactly. Right. I think that's the part. But I think, yes, yeah, Seth does this. And I don't know how he, always, even when he blogs, he right. like, he's, he like, I'm like, does he know what I'm thinking right now? I know. <laughs> I know. Like, oh. It's so amazing. Even his blog, I'm like, how do you have these new ideas every single day? I'm like, yeah. even just something to write about. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's really, it's really fun to watch and be part of. Okay, so now this is perfect, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful. I will tell you because it's not only my story and Julie Roxanne that she mm-hmm. also has her podcast with Alice Dar, but also yeah. you know we are working together. So there is a lot of great things that have right. come out of just joining to just learn, you know, like a little bit about podcasting. And you know, for me, of course, I crossed paths with her when I was a coach, mm-hmm. but it was more or less, yeah, I want to contribute. I want to learn more things. I want to contribute to this group of people. And as you said, when when you sent me the email, and it was, you know. Uh, you and Seth said, yeah, we would like you to be a coach. I'm like, right. of course, it's a yes. There's yeah. no question. It's a yes. And you've been such an amazing coach. Yeah, but Alex, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's right. fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's meaningful. But mm-hmm. uh, bottom line, I know that it, like I'm learning and I'm helping others to learn. And at the same time, we are creating. I mean, people are like becoming podcasters every day. It's right. like amazing to me how this process works. It is. Right? I know. Yeah. I know. Me too. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. not just. It's just like because we like each other and it's fun. Right. We're actually we're actually creating work. People who had no idea about you know technical stuff and mm-hmm. this and that, they are like you know they are in twenty and thirty and fifty episodes and it's I like know. amazing to see them. I know. So it's, it's, I know. It's, it really is. Yeah. So tell me now, what was the biggest challenge or the biggest learning from you mm-hmm. creating the podcasting fellowship? Because that was a big part, you know, the, your creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was It was kind of the, the idea of figuring out literally where to start. Like what is step one for people who have no knowledge of this yet and who haven't picked up a microphone? So it was kind of like this exercise of thinking back to how I learned this stuff and what the steps and processes were for that. And as you know, the steps weren't necessarily linear for me either. So it was kind of figuring out the best way using my experience and how I learned, you know, how to record an interview, how to 
conceive of a podcast and develop an idea, how to edit an interview, how to edit audio, taking a step back and putting those things in an order where I could present it to you guys as students that would be cohesive and make sense and not be either. I kept I kept having a struggle of whether it was whether I was moving too fast or too slow. You know, so whether this lesson is just so obvious that it doesn't even need to be a lesson or whether it's like actually too advanced and I haven't covered something enough, you know, so that kind of thing. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Now we look, we have like more, more than 400, 450 students in this room. Crazy. I love this group too. I love it too. Yeah. It, it, I don't know how it happens. Right? This is where I always say trust the process and trust uh -huh. the soup because right. it works. We don't know why each one seems to be at a different level. Uh-huh. You know, as right. we are also, you know, doing our work and, you know, evolving and, you know, we are also learning because I'm right. learning every day. Right. It's like uh, the whole thing is like being lifted up every right. day and you don't know where it's going to go next. Right. But it's a big group, Alex. So it's, as you said, so, you know, is it slow for someone? Is it too much for someone else? You ca we can never get it right because it's such a big and broad exactly. community. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. And that's why I, it's, I'm so grateful, first of all, to you guys. I can't ever express enough how grateful I am to you guys, the coaches. Just the fact that all these hundreds of people have done it and that you guys are there to support um, gives me a lot of confidence. Yeah. But it's a, it's a process. It's a journey. I mean, Definitely. I think of myself the first time I, I went on this course a year ago. And right. I, remember, I remember the challenges, right? So, I mean, I, I, I know where they've been, but also I know that in a week, you know, a, a week later, you're better. Nature. And, then, right. and then, you know, and then someone helps you. Someone says something. Someone says something. I think that's the, the power, I think, Alex, that, right. you know, you and Seth have built this. To me, it's the community that for we show up. Like we right. show up not only with our work, but also to help others because we know we value how much others have helped us right. and i don't know is there a recipe how to build that i don't know what would you say that how do you build that generous community i honestly i have to of course credit seth almost entirely for that you know yeah. i think that seth i don't even know honestly the people who sign up for the podcast fellowship are of course for the majority of them are followers of seth's work i think that it's a community that seth builds from his work the people who show up for the podcast fellowship on day one the people who sign up for it are already of that mind of that mind that they're going to be generous that they're going to show up with a certain posture it's hard doing stuff online because people in some cases devolve to like assuming that posture of a troll you know like complaining and, and being negative but from day one the people that seth brings to the table are extremely generous and open and i think i it's it's so hard for me to even imagine how Seth has built that through his like massive body of work but I think it's just the people that are drawn to him are automatically doing that and and in terms of the community in CPF3 it's very you know you guys are a huge part of that too the coaches and it's just kind of like seeing everyone and responding to them supportively and it's I think as long as you're generous to people then they are feeling compelled to be generous back Okay, now, so when did, now you have a new company. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did this start? <laughs> it started just, well, <laughs> I, I quit my job. And even when I quit my job, I didn't think that I was going to start a company. I thought that I was going to be um, a freelance podcast producer for however long. After like literally 
a few weeks of, as I said, being a freelancer, there were just so many projects coming in and so much interest and, and so many people that I wanted to work with that it kind of just made sense. I, I was talking to a lot of people in the podcast community and otherwise who had suggested that I just start a company. So again, this isn't necessarily something where I was like, I, I really want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a small business owner. It was just something that made sense. And and since doing that, it has proven, it, it really does just make so much sense. I mean, even just in my capacity as somebody who has a small team, a team of friends who I work with and a team of people who I trust and love, being a business affords you even more opportunities than being kind of just an independent freelancer. You know what I mean? So it's something that I'm very much figuring out as we go. I announced the company probably a little, maybe a month ago, but already we have you know a series of projects, a series of original podcasts we're developing. And it's like, I don't know, every day I wake up and meet new people who are interested in developing podcasts or talking about audio. And it's it's been amazing. Okay. So for your business, uh, mm-hmm. for your own company, uh, yeah. Alex, would you have like a, like employees or people that you work with? I have basically one co-founder, two, well, two, one co-founder who is Kenya Anderson. And she is I, not an employee because she's a co-founder. So we work together. We're both like owners of the company. And our other best friend Victoria Ruiz who is a musician is our creative consultant so she's going to be basically in a freelance capacity for my business as of now I don't anticipate my goal is not to have a bunch of employees and kind of get a big office space and you know be doing that I would more like to kind of stick with this core group of people of of Domino and then depending on the project work with freelancers who we love and trust you know so it's definitely um, the aim is to stay small, kind of nimble, yeah. and be working with freelancers. You are helping others to create opportunities for them. Exactly. And that's really the goal, like getting, yes, yeah. getting getting people new projects, having connecting people. Um, I love that aspect of things too, kind of putting people in touch and like building networks and, and not just networks like professionally in that in that superficial sense, but even just in starting the business, just it's so crazy how many different meetings I'll take in a day. You know, it's like when I had a full-time job, I didn't have a chance to like be all over the city meeting four new people a day, kind of talking about projects. And of course, as you know, not all of those projects are happening or not all of those projects work out, but it's like even just new friends that you make through that process. It's like, it's, it's, everything is so new and it's just been so gratifying so far. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but so far so good. Okay, so I was going to ask, where do you yeah. see that going? But I think you just answered yeah, it. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> no okay, idea. And, and that's a good answer. And that's yeah. a good answer. Okay, but let me ask one question. Uh-huh. Is it what you're doing right now, if, if, it, if it didn't change? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're working on, you know, you're meeting new people, you're working on new projects. So you have already a lot of creativity and variety in your work. Mm-hmm. But if, if it didn't change, mm-hmm. would you say, yeah, I, I'm really having a great time now doing that? There are definitely some things that I hope to like accomplish by year's end and in the next year or two. And mostly that involves, again, creating original projects, you know, so like not so much. A lot of our of the stuff that we do at Domino is producing projects that are brought to us by other people. And in so many cases, that is amazing and equally gratifying is doing original stuff. But what I would really love to do is, you know, I have everyone in my little domino network has like being friends with authors and artists and musicians and people who haven't gotten into the audio space yet and haven't gotten into podcasting. So what I really want to do and what you mentioned before is like bringing those opportunities is kind of like bringing those voices into podcasting and, and developing shows around some of these people. So as long as that's happening, then yeah, everything would be great. 
And I love what you said now, because when I, when I think of impact learning, which is a lot about learn, create, collaborate, connect, the essence of it is what you said, is connecting people with opportunities. Right, yeah. Because no, like, like Alex, I, I will say, when I, when, I, when I started the fellowship as a student, I was curious. And of course, I trusted Seth because I knew Seth uh, and, and you because I, I was following Akibo. So I knew both of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time, I did not have the, I guess, the, the uh, perspective I have now about the power of audio storytelling. Right. Yeah. I, I did not because I just did not know. But yeah. you helped because you created a platform, a, mm-hmm. a space that I could learn. I could experiment. Yeah. But then you helped me literally. And now I can see that you are doing that with your business, maybe in a different setting. But you help people that we have our own experience. We do our own things. But you, we help us connect us with the podcasting medium as, yeah. a, as a different and the audio storytelling, which is so powerful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's the goal. Now you do that already in two different settings because your company, you know, Domino is very much like that, but it's more focused and specific. Right. And then you have like the podcasting fellowship, which is very broad because yes. there can be connections there that you cannot even imagine. You don't exactly. know. No, it's true. I know. And then we have, uh, you know, students that they're in top 10 uh, Apple podcasts and things. I know. So, I mean, you know, did this happen in the podcast fellowship? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It is, but that's the opportunity. And you can do your part. You and Seth have created, and I know you have done all the work to create that platform and that space that people can experiment and they can do things. And you, we never know where they can take us. Right. Well, you've been a big part of that too, a huge part. So thank you. It's, it's one of these human and creative projects, but we'll contribute. Right. Yeah, it's true. So uh, Alex, where can uh, our listeners find you? Find me at the new Domino Sound website, and it's www.dominosound.co, and that's where you can find everything. You can contact me through there, get in touch, and find out about work. Super. So it was so nice to, to uh, find more about you and your story. I, know, so I, nice I, I to think talk to you, as always. We never get to talk one-on-one like this, so I love it. Is there anything you would like to, anything that you would like to share that we have not talked about? Just thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast. It's been so amazing being with you since day one to this point when we're recording something. Each of us have our own little recorder. You're in your, your DIY studio at your house. But thank you for including me. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. And see you on TPF. Of course. Yeah. I'll see you in, in five minutes in the forum. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, we can talk about learning, we can design it, or we can do both. This is Impact Learning. I'm your host, Maria Zenidu. Till next time.